Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's word. Enjoy the message. I want to give you a message entitled, Everything Always. Everything Always. And it comes out of a revelation that God gave me while I was just kind of just going throughout the day. And I'm the type of person where uh, I like to consider myself being a preacher, like a straight up old school, don't drop the microphone or I'll pick it up and preach for three hours. Come on now. Like that's the way that I am. I, I just love the Lord like that. And he has wired me so that everything that I encounter, everything that I go through, he shows me a spiritual component to it. So I, I have fun with myself because I can take any situation. I, I like to pride myself in taking any situation and being able to make a sermon out of it. Come on now. In other words, there's a sermon in every situation. Come on now. In Jesus' name. And I was just driving one day, and the Lord was asking me some questions. You know those conversations you have in your head and your heart between you and God, and God is winning the argument. Come on now. Anybody like that? God is winning the argument, right? I was having this conversation, and the Lord was just asking me. He asked me this tough question, and I want to just kind of start the message here. For those at home and those who are here, God asked me this simple question. He says, do I have all of you? Now, you know when God asks you a question, it's unfair. Come on now. Because he already knows the answer, right? Come on. And so when God asks us these questions, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because he's trying to reveal something to us. And being a little bit smarter at this stage and age of my life, I realized that when God was asking me this question, do I have all of you, that I needed to pause and not answer quickly. You know, when I was young, I would answer real quick and you know that wasn't always the right answer. And so it's from that question that I want to give you today's word. I don't want to really preach anything eloquent. You're not going to get anything spicy or anything like that. This is just a raw, basic call of the Lord for all of us today. CCC, what God wants to do today is to place you in a position where you have no choice but to recognize his desire for you. That's what it's about. So don't think that this morning you're going to get some nice little black guy giving you something that's really revolutionary. That's not that. I just want to give you something that I believe God wants to uh, drive in our hearts and allow us to carry throughout the rest of this year. So everything always. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. And I'm going to read to you a very familiar story. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have a very incredible pastor here in the pastoral staff. Dad, you're amazing as well. Listen, I just want to I just want you to know that this, this is a story that I'm, I'm sure you've heard of plenty of times, and I'm just going to read over it just to set the, the foundation, and then by the end, I'm hoping that I'll be able to preach, okay? So I'm going to teach a little bit, but then by the back end, I'm hoping I'll be able to preach a little bit. You with me? Just wave your hand, all right? You guys with me? Okay. All right. In Jesus' name. At Metro, we pride ourselves on just being straight up. Come on now. What you see is what you get. That's what it is. We don't have no pretense. It's not about the bells and whistles. It's not about the smoke and mirrors. None of those things. What you see is what you get. The Jesus that we serve was an everyday put on your work pants and do it kind of like Jesus. Come on now. In Jesus' name. I'm saying that because I, I, I love the interaction, okay? So can you just, you can throw it up. You can wave. You can say hallelujah. You can say amen, pastor, whatever you need to do. In Jesus' name. In Luke's gospel, chapter 18, Luke, of course, is the, is the one that uh, spoke and gave very 
very fine details about Jesus because he was portraying Jesus to folks who weren't a part of the Jewish faith. And so we find ourselves at verse 18, the Bible says this, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question. Watch this. He says, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Stop right there. Again, every single time I open up the word of God, there is a quickening in my spirit because he's saying something right at the start. Here's someone who is a religious leader, so he knows elements of faith and of religion. And so he asked Jesus this very important question, what is it that I must do to inherit eternal life? Now, on the surface, let me just be honest with you. On the surface, I'm wondering how religious is he if he doesn't know nothing about eternal life? Come on now. So are you trying to set up Jesus or are you really asking a question for you to know? Well, we're going to see. The, the scripture is going to reveal it. He comes to him and he says this in verse 19. Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. Come on, somebody say amen. How many of you would say God is good? Come on now. When, you hear some, when somebody says God is good and you say, come on now. I say God is good and you say, in Africa, they roll with it and they say this, and that's his nature. Isn't that good? Like, in other words, that's the only way he can be. Jesus says only one, only God is, excuse me, <clears throat> only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. And I'm just going to give you the revised Cornell version. You see the NLT up on the screen, but let me just give you the revised Cornell version, okay? Jesus says, but to answer your question, here's the real deal. You know what it is. Come on now. <laughs> you know the deal. He says, listen, you must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. He's like, you know the standard. This is nothing new to you. We all know the standard. We know that when we get to the light, if it's red, we must stop. Come on, somebody. We know that when we're in a theater, we cannot yell fire. We know the standard. So Jesus is telling this guy, you know what the expectation is. You know what the holiness of God requires. So don't get it twisted. Excuse my language, but I just want to give it to you the real way. Watch this. In verse 21, something strange happens. He says this. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. Mm. Let me translate that for you. He says this. Been there, done that. Mm. He's like, I've been there, I've done that. I've kept it all. Watch this. I want you to check this. You won't see it on the screen. He says this. I understand that that's what you require, so I've checked the box. Mm. Write this in your notes if you're taking them. If your faith is a checkbox kind of faith, it's not faith at all. Come on now. What I'm saying is if your faith in your relationship with Jesus is all about you checking the box each and every day, that is actually not a relationship. Come on now. And so Jesus, sensing this, he says these words to him in verse 22. When Jesus heard this. In other words, when Jesus came to the reality of what he said, he says this. He said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Mm. I just love that. Jesus knows exactly what to hit us. Come on now. He knows exactly where to meet you. He knows that place that nobody else knows. Jesus says, listen, cool, you did it all. Guess what? There's still something that you're lacking. Now watch this. Jesus gets right to the point, and I love, love, love Jesus for being so honest with us. 
I love someone that can be honest with me. I love someone that can just tell me the truth so that I don't live in a lie. Come on. He says these things to him. He says this. He says this. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. Notice the rhythm here. He says, sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, then come follow me. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, follow me first. <laughs> he said, sell all that is valuable to you, important to you, that you hold dear to you. Give it away so it's not with you anymore, and then you come after me. I don't know about you, but <laughs> Jesus isn't from Cleveland, Ohio. Come on now. Like, bro, what do you ask me to do? Don't you know I worked all my life for this? Come on, Midland, I want to see if you're real like that. He's like, what, do you understand? I've been working all my life. Took me everything to get through those classes, to get that position at Dow. It took all these things, and you wanted me to give it all up? And Jesus is like, yep. Why? Because I'm worth that much. Come on, now watch this. What are you saying, Cornell? He says this in verse 23. But when the man heard this, he became very sad. For he was very rich. Watch this, verse 24. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it is easier. Now listen to this. <laughs> this is sometimes when the Bible gets really crazy. I'm just a kid from 6015. Watch this. He says this. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. What are you saying? What are you saying today? Go ahead and hit me. Listen, I want you to see this. Like the young man, so many Christians want Christ without the sacrifice. We want Jesus at no cost. We want Jesus at our level. We want Jesus to submit himself to us. We want Jesus for our schedule. We want Jesus in our timing. It's like, Go to, go to Burger King and have it your way. Come on now. There's even a commercial out there that's like, it's my money and I want it now. Isn't that indicative of the culture? Me, 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 all about me. Now watch this. I just want you to see something. These people want the best but are quick to demand that they give much less. They want the best of things, but they won't give anything. I, I love to tell this story. Back in the day, I don't know if you guys have this store up here in Michigan, but in Ohio we have this wonderful store. It's called Gabriel Brothers. You guys ever heard of such a store? Okay. Well, great. You're going to love this store. Back in the day, this store called Gabriel Brothers, it was, it was well, it's extremely popular by, from, by people because Gabriel Brothers had all the name brand, high brand clothing items. Okay, like Louis Vuitton, so on and so forth. The problem with Gabriel Brothers is this. You would go to Gabriel Brothers, and it was much like Marshalls. Y'all know what Marshalls is. I know you have a Marshalls. There's one near me. Watch this. <laughs> the problem with Gabriel Brothers is you could get the high brand item, but there was some kind of defect with the item. So people, they would buy the item because of the name, knowing that it had a defect. So they would get this high-priced item at a cheaper price and be okay with the defect. So you could have some nice jeans, right? High-priced jeans, normally be maybe 90, 100 bucks, 
but you can get them for like 15 bucks, right? Because the back pocket was missing. And you can see the outline of the pocket. So watch this. People wanted the name, but they didn't want the cost. Get what I'm saying? They wanted the reputation of value, but they didn't really want to pay that. And that's what Jesus was getting at here. What are you saying this morning? I want to tell you this, CCC. Can I tell you this? Jesus is looking for disciples. He's looking for disciples. And this is the definitive difference about the, cult, the culture today. The culture could be made up of, watch this, watch this, believers, or it could be made up of disciples. And in this day and hour right now, Jesus is looking for disciples. And disciples is the notion of a disciple is hard in the American Western concept because when you get outside of the Western concept of discipleship, it's very well known. I'll give you an example. One time when I was in Kenya, we were able to pray this young man who was, in, uh, who was a Muslim. We were able to uh, share Jesus with him, and he gave his life over to Jesus, and he knew that doing so was to the detriment of his future with his family. In other words, when he made a decision with Jesus, he was saying effectively, I know that I will never have any interaction with my family again. This is a decision that I have to make. And when he did that, something crazy took place. Every single morning while we were there on our mission trip, he would show up at the missionary's house. He would say, I came to your Jesus. It's up to you to feed me, to give me direction, to teach me about his teachings. Every single day he showed up and he expected us, the ones that, that brought him into this relationship with Jesus, to help to meet his needs. That's a disciple. He showed up every, it's like this. How would you like Pastor Cornell to show up, your house, show up at your house every morning saying, feed me? Or pay my cell phone bill? You're like, next to never? Come on now. Right? But that's the notion of discipleship, and that's what Jesus is calling us to. Look at what Matthew, Matthew's gospel says this in Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. Jesus says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciples. Uh, he's saying this is a choice that you are deciding to make. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. What I love about that is when you break this scripture down, you see the power in the scripture. The very first thing he says, the first rule of discipleship is to deny yourself. So let me say something to you, mama. Let me say something to you, brother. Listen, if you're going to be a disciple, you have to master the art of saying it's not about me. We have to master the art through the help of the Holy Spirit saying, it's not about me. He says, deny yourself, then take up your cross. That's, the, that's, an, that's, an, that's a, a push towards us suffering, us going through difficulty. He says, take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and then you come follow me. He said, embrace these things and you have that right to do so. What are you saying today, Cornell? For whoever wants to save their lives will lose it. Mm. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. I'm telling you this morning, beloved, that in order for us to experience true life, that only comes through Christ. That's the only way it can happen. Real life only happens to Jesus. Before, Je uh, come on now, let's just be honest in this place. CCC, those online, how many of you would say, man, 
before I came to Jesus, I was a mess. I mean, brother, you got a both hands. I'm like, right? right. In fact, I'm like this. Can you get this on the camera? I'm like, I'm trying anything I can. Don't post that, girl. Anything I can hang, I will, because I, I was a mess. I was a mess before the grace of God began to clean me up. Some of you have such dramatic turnarounds in Christ Jesus that if you were to tell people, they'd be like, no, I can't even believe it. I don't see it anymore. Because grace has literally cleaned you up. And that's what Jesus is declaring here. He's saying here that if you desire to be with me, this is what it will take. You will lose everything, but you will gain everything. See, and I want you to hear this. Write this in your notes. That's the art. That's the plan. That's the desire that we learn to give up the temporary for the eternal. We start living for eternity and not just for temporary purposes. Temporary gratification. The same thing is mentioned in Luke 9.23. Understand this. Eternity with God can only be experienced when our faith is lived out Every day. Every day, I need to live for Jesus. Every day, I have to walk up and say, I have to wake up and say to Jesus, I need you today. Every single day, I need to declare my need for who he is. Every single day, I need to operate under the power of the Holy Spirit. The day that I don't do that is the day that I fall right back into all the struggles, chains, and addictions that I had before this. Come on now, if you can't say amen, say ouch. I know that every single day. It's a daily discipline. And that's what's so funny about me. Listen, I'm just a regular everyday guy. There's things that we're disciplined to do every single day. Like, for example, I'm so glad you brushed your teeth when you came. I'm so glad you showered before you came. Because you know the consequences of not doing so. The same is true with us. There are spiritual disciplines that we must take upon our lives that we would live a life that's consistent with the teachings of Scripture. Can I tell you this? Listen, heaven doesn't have applications for part-time Christians. Mm. Write that on your Facebooks, Dad. Come on now. No applications. You will not find it in heaven where Jesus says, well, some days you can be with me and some days you can't. This is an everyday thing. What is this really all about, Pastor Cornell? Can I tell you this? In Mark's gospel, Mark says this, Mark 18, 34 and 35. Then Jesus called the crowd to himself along with his followers. So you got two groups there, the crowd and his own followers. So he's giving this general statement. He says this. He says this. If people want to follow me, they must give up the things they want. They must be willing even to give up their lives to follow me. He says you have to lay down your lives and your wants if you're going to follow me. Those who want to save their lives will give up true life. But those who give up their lives for me and for the good news will have true life. In Jesus' name, Luke's gospel, chapter 14, verses 25 to 33, says it like this as we wrap up that portion. It says this, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything... You have, you have cannot be my disciples. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm having this conversation with God, and I'm like, Lord, that is not, that is not cool. Come on now. That is not it. Like, Lord, you're not going to draw me telling me to give up everything I did. And he's like, you're absolutely right. I won't draw you because you really don't want me. 
See, I know this about human, the human condition, and this is going to get me in a lot of trouble. So those online, Lord bless you, okay? The things that I want, I actually get. The things that are important to me, I actually keep important to me. And the same thing has to be true about your faith, beloved. That if you love Jesus, that will, it will be demonstrated in the actions that follow. I'm going to tell you all something. I have a great relationship with Candy. Come on now. I have a great, some of you have a great relationship with Candy. I can tell you I have Candy almost every week. Let me just scratch that. Some of you have a great relationship with coffee. Thank God I don't drink coffee. Come on now. Can you imagine me drinking coffee? Can you imagine me drinking coffee? Yeah, that's exactly, I'm like, I can't. My wife drinks enough coffee for me and her. Come on now. I'm saying there's times in which we demonstrate what's important to us. And it's high time that the church and those who know Christ Jesus to demonstrate that he is the most important to them. What are you saying today, Cornell? Can I tell you this? Listen, far too often we reduce our faith to that of just getting into heaven when the truth is it's about growing in holiness. You know what we call that in the church, girl? We call that fire insurance. <laughs> they don't realize the house is already burning. We don't come to Christ just so that we can escape hell. We come to Christ so we can experience the life that God has ordained for us. And let me put it in other layman's terms for you. If you don't like the life that you're living, Jesus offers you a greater one, a more fulfilling one, one that goes beyond just you. One of the things that I love about God is he gives me the opportunity to impact other folks. That's the only reason you get on a plane and fly 23 hours to Africa. People say, well, Pastor Cornell, why are you always going to Africa? I said, because Africa can't come to me, so I'm going to go to it. Well, why don't you go across the street? Guess what? I'm going to go across the street. I want to live my life in a way that I can have an opportunity to say to the Lord, you used me beyond me. I love impacting people. I love seeing people say, I can't believe you did that for me. And some of you are like that. Some of you have that natural, ingrained move of the Holy Spirit, unction of the Holy Spirit that you naturally give, you naturally do. And that's the desire of God anyways. Can I tell you this? So many people want it easy. So many people want it easy. I got to show you this. This is, going, this is why I was hoping I could get real quick. I see the time. So watch this. People need to understand that it costs to get closer. People need to understand that it costs to get close. I couldn't wait for this next one. Pops, I couldn't wait for this. Watch this. So y'all know I'm from Cleveland. And in 2016, the most glorious event ever happened in Cleveland history. Some of y'all know. My beloved Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA Finals in dramatic fashion. But before they went to the finals, there were games that they had to play. Namely, a series with your beloved Detroit Pistons. So my son and I, being great fans of basketball, we thought it we thought it'd be great. Man, Cleveland is in the playoffs, and we think that they got a good chance to go to the finals. Watch this. We had LeBron, we had Kyrie, we had J.R. Uh, Smith, we had all these wonderful players. And so I said to myself, Listen, y'all. CCC, listen. Crazy crawled on my head. Because I said, wouldn't it be awesome if we could go to the game, to like a playoff game? Now, you and your mama know that it's expensive. So I said to myself, I'm going to find the cheap seats. Come on now. 
Can you go to the next slide? <laughs> Listen, that's where my seat was. Can you see that? $39 for, for one for me, one for my son, okay? So I, I, I'm, you know, with taxes, I'm maybe $100. But here's the problem with the $39 seats. I'm so high in the sky, I'm getting nosebleeds. Come on now. I'm so high in the sky, I'm tickling God's feet. Come on now. Like way up there. And so my wife, being my wife, she loves to crack jokes. She's the opposite of me. She's like, she's like, she's like, honey, why are you so high up? Why are you getting tickets so high up? I was like, because my money is so low down. She's like, why don't you get the court, get courtside seats? If you're going to do it, just do it. And I said, oh, that's not a bad idea. Let me, let me see what it costs to go courtside. Watch this. <laughs> now, for all those mathematicians out there, I already did the math. To go from $39 to $2,561, that's an increase of 6,000, over 6,000%. 6,000% from $39 to $2,500. And it hit me when I saw that number. God was like, look, it costs to get closer to the action. And this is why I want to preach. We're going to stay right there. I want you to hear this today. Listen, many of us have come into the arena of faith. And we're happy with seeing the game and being there where the action is. But let me tell you something, beloved, those online and those in this house, God is not okay with you just being in the arena of faith. He wants you to pay the cost, do what it takes to get closer to the action. And some of us have been okay with just making it inside the arena, saying, I was there when it happened. But that's not God's desire for you, beloved. His desire for you is for you to know that there's action in the heavenly realm for you to be able to experience what it costs to get there. Now listen, I know some of you are like, that's going to hell. I don't even like basketball. Well, use another illustration. Come on now. The point is this. God is calling us closer. And what he, showed, what he said to me in the car that day was, Cornell, don't you realize when I asked you of something, I'm not going to stop asking you for everything. I started to realize that as I continue to give more of me, God was going to continue to ask more of me. So some of us have given up a lot, but I got some news for you, my friends. God is continue, will continue to ask you for more until you are conformed to a greater likeness of Christ. So you're like, well, what does that mean to me this morning? Let me start to tell you. Some of us, the reason why we're not courtside with Jesus in that innermost place, because we're not paying the cost to get there. How you know that, Cornell? Well, just look at your phone. <laughs> you probably spend more time here than you do in his presence. Can't say amen, say ouch. You're going to believe me, look at your schedule. How much time do we schedule with God? But I make sure I schedule time for my haircut. What are you saying? Oh, that's really religious. No, this is, has nothing to do with religion. This has everything to do with where my priorities are. He's calling me closer. And I can't see the action if I'm way far away from him. And the fact of the matter is some of us, we have left the arena. And Jesus is calling you back. It's good that you got in, but draw closer. I hope someday I can not only just be courtside, but I can actually be on the court with Jesus. The King, King David said this. He says, I would rather be any place else. 
He says, I don't want to be no place else other than near to God. And what are you saying this morning? Can I tell you this? What God is saying to us this morning, he wants everything. He wants everything. In Psalm 86, 11, one of my favorite passages, 86, 11 and 12 says this. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. I'm going to ask the worship team if they will come. This morning, all I want to say to you this, this morning, CCC, is this. We've got to be willing to give everything, always. Whatever it takes. And I know that there's some people here where you have not felt the closeness of the Lord. You miss those times of intimacy. I tell you this, Pastor, this is the truth. Lacey, I tell you this. There was times in my life when I would just get in the car, play the music, and tears would just stream down my face for whatever. Anybody remember those moments when the Holy Spirit would just so quicken you? It was nothing you wouldn't do to get more of that. It would be nothing that he could ask of you and you say no. There was those moments of intimacy where everything, everything was put on hold so I can just be in his presence. Church, we've got to get back to those moments. Well, whatever it takes for us to experience the tangible presence of God, where healing takes place right now, where lives are turned around right now, the cost of that is on us because Christ Jesus has already paid the cost. And so now he's asking me, Cornell, do you have time for me in the morning? Do you have time for me in the daytime? Or do you just put me on the back burner and in so doing, See your faith, see your faith in me starts to get colder and colder and colder to now, watch this, for some of you, you don't even feel them no more. Some of you are here today, you're like, Cornell, I can't tell you the last time I felt the presence. I'm telling you, it's not like God has left. He's always with us. And so this morning, I'm simply here, CCC, to encourage you. Let's get back to that place of saying, God, I just want more of you. Whatever it takes. That's why I love what I just heard. The women are going to be worshiping. Yeah, it's great to worship on Sunday mornings and special services. But man, what about other times when God says, just let's get together. Some of my most intimate times has been when a friend of mine grabs the acoustic and they just start playing and all of a sudden the presence of God shows up. You know how you start getting those goosebumps and Start getting that knot in your throat and your stomach starts feeling weird because you know God is speaking to you. Some of you are even feeling that now. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you would say, Cornell, honestly, that's where I'm at right now. The Lord has been challenging me to make him more of a priority in my life. If that's you, I want to begin to ask you to posture your heart before the Lord. We just have a few minutes here today. But maybe you're here today and you're like, Cornell, I just want that intimacy back. I'm longing for that time in his presence. And I can get it individually, but man, it's something about corporate worship, us going after God together. I miss those times. Back in the office, Pastor and I were talking about the times when we were growing up and how we would have services and the kids were in the church and 
they would fall asleep on the pews and God was working up in the altars and nobody had to say anything. It was just being in the presence of God and it was awesome. We still have that opportunity to get back to him, but it's going to cost us something. Beloved, is it going to cost your schedule? It's going to cost your bank account. It's going to cost you actually getting up and saying, I'm going to make it my choice to be with God's people in church today. Or will another day go by where you just wish you had the relationship with Jesus that you always had? Today you can make a choice that can change that. Today you can purpose in your heart that in 2023, this will be the year that I will draw closer. Period. I'm not letting nothing stop me, Lord. I want to be closer to you. Flat out. Nothing, nothing magical about that. No deep revelation. I just want more of you, Jesus. Why? Because with you, it makes sense. With you, there's peace there. With you, there's understanding. With you, I can be honest. With you, the tears can flow. With you, the joy comes back. With you, oh God, I feel your spirit again. That's what I want again, Lord. Bring it back, oh God. Move me forward, whatever I got to do. Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.com.